Welcome to Line of Work, a show about people who actually like their jobs. I'm your host, Sarah Olson, and each week I interview a notable professional from a different industry. Together, we deep dive into their professional journey, the decisions behind it, and what keeps them excited to go to work every single day. Look, the world and the job market has turned upside down this year, and if you're like me, you might be feeling a little lost. If so, listen on. Line of Work is here to explore just how many paths there are to finding fulfillment in what you do for a living. Today's episode explores the big bad world of finance and investment banking. We're joined today by Ronit Walney. She's an accomplished investment strategist and product manager who's worked in finance for the last 25 years. Ronit's path to the top is anything but typical. There's no way I'm going to be able to tell it to you guys better than she can herself, though. So let's just get right to the interview. Hi, Ronit. Welcome to the pod. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on today. Would you be willing to introduce yourself and then briefly explain what you do for a living as of right now? Well, thanks for having me, Sarah. And yeah, I'd be happy to introduce myself. Ronit Walney is my name. Um, And what I'm doing right now is I'm heading up a team of fixed income product managers at a global asset manager. So you've been in finance for quite a while and uh, are a true expert in your field. How did you first get your start in finance? Sort of what initially drew you to that as a field? Yeah. Uh, So I didn't grow up with finance at the dinner table. Neither did I. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I really didn't know anything about finance until I got to college. My initial college was at uh, University of Illinois in Chicago. Oh, cool. And I hadn't declared a major. I was in business, but I hadn't declared a major. I was at one of those uh, fairs um, trying to understand what I wanted to do, if there was anything interesting. And frankly, there was also free food. So (laughs) get some every (laughs) time. That was always good. Yeah. (laughs) So I was walking around and um, I saw the finance club and they looked like they were enjoying what they did. And uh, they invited me to join them. And I joined the finance club. Um, And that ultimately led to my interest in finance, um, not because of the club itself, which was um, what they did was they actually had speakers come in from different aspects of finance. Oh, neat. And speak about, you know, anything from trading to um, merger arbitrage to all that um, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of stuff. So so one day we went on a tour of the Federal Reserve Bank in Chicago and the pits. We went to the Board of Trade, which was the bond trading pits that we looked over. um, And I looked down there and just knew that's what I wanted to do. Oh, really? Yeah. Was there like a specific aspects that you were really drawn to? So for anybody who hasn't seen the trading pits, and there's not a lot around these days. um, Yes, I certainly have not seen one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a a mass of people. It looks like anthills of people who are all communicating in some way with each other. So you have thousands of people in a a massive room, and there's little pits. Um, Well, they're not little, they're big, but we were looking from high up. And there is just people communicating within the circular pit with each other in the outside world. And it just, I just had to know what was going on. It looked like it was the center of all information. um, And I just had to get down there. Yeah. So what happened next? Were you able to get down there? I mean, I assume you were still in college at that point. Sort of how did you make that transition? 
it took a while. Uh, <laughs> so deciding I wanted to get down there and getting down there were two different things. I didn't know anybody um, who worked down there or knew anybody who worked down there. So it took quite a while to try to locate someone who could help me introduce myself to someone to get on that floor to talk to anybody about a job. In fact, it took about a year. Um, first of all, I just had no experience of finance. So why would they want to talk to me? So well, finance club, you know, you got yeah. that going for <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, I, I joined the finance club as a freshman. So I hadn't, in all fairness, I haven't taken any finance classes right, yet. Right. So so um, I took an internship. So um, nice. one of the speakers for the finance club was a, it was a vice president of Payne Weber. And he had talked to the team about how it was, you didn't even need a degree to do what he did. So I was there the next day. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I want to work for you. And he said, well, go finish school and we'll talk. But hey, he said you didn't need a degree. What yes, the heck? exactly. <laughs> so I was there. So I agreed with him to basically stuff envelopes and cold call people if he would let me just shadow him for as much time as I stuffed the envelopes and cold called. So it was a few times a week um, after school, I'd, I'd head down there and, and I would shadow him and he'd explain what what he was doing. And then after I listened to him for a while, I moved out to the next person who was in um, focus on short selling and he explained what he was doing. And I got to understand different aspects of the business for the next year. Wow. And do you think after that internship, given that you were doing, you know, some of the grunt work, which I'm sure many interns can relate to, was that discouraging or, or was what you were learning sort of exciting to you through the shadowing? So the part where I was stuffing envelopes and cold calling was not fun. Um, <laughs> right. It never really is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I was hearing and what I was seeing, uh, you know, exposed to and learning was really interesting. So it was definitely reinforced that I wanted to do that for a living. Nice. And it gave me the skills I need to actually get the job in the pit. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't like you need a lot of skills to get an entry-level job in the pit, but at least it got me to the place that I understood what it was I was asking for, Right. Um, which came a year later. Oh, okay. So how did that come about? I finally got um, someone to introduce me to someone and get me on the floor, and um, I went around trying to get any job. Oh, so you didn't have a job at that point. You just no, got in the building. <laughs> I got in the building. <laughs> Security let me in and I walked all you around <laughs> yes, trying to find a job. There's a lot of entry level jobs over there. So I, you know, spoke to a few people. You're it's really hard. You're not really supposed to go looking for a job. Just what I mean, can you imagine in the today? building? Yeah, yes, I cannot yes. imagine doing that. Just walk into an office and say, Hey, are you hiring? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um so I finally, uh, I finally was able, someone actually helped me out. So there was actually a smoking room back there, back then, and um, found someone. I asked if they could help me kind of figure out who I could speak to to get a job. He called over to uh, clerks at the time, and they took me around, introduced me to people. I had two offers by the end of the, the day. Oh my gosh, you're kidding. Well, which one did you take? What were they? The first one was at the Mercantile Exchange, yet this one was at the Board of Trade um, in the bond pit, bond option pits. And I thought that was really interesting. I wanted to learn about options. So so I, I took that position. So you got this job in the pits that you had wanted from that year before in your first experience. Yeah. How did you like it? What was it like when you were actually doing it? You know, how did you feel? I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. 
I felt like I was learning constantly and I loved that experience. So I felt like every day was challenging and that's a bit addictive. So if you get into an experience where, I mean, there's always the mundane roles, especially when you start out. But if you're always kind of pushing, like I always felt like I was really stretching what I was learning. And I love that aspect of it. And I think that's something that's really stuck throughout my career. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, options, um, futures, um, bonds, um, which was where I started. <laughs> started out was, um, it was challenging at the time, but it, it, it became understandable um, in a few months. And honestly, when I first started, I'm like, I don't even know what anybody's talking about. I don't know what the words are. <laughs> but you learn it, you figure it out. And, um, and then you understand and just trusting that you'll figure it out is mm -hmm. the comfort. So right. And do you think that challenge, that sort of everyday challenge and the always learning aspect is what you liked about that first job, in addition to the fact that you're math, you know, you love math and you love finance? It's what I like about finance in general. I think there's a lot within finance that allows you to work with just really smart people, get exposed to really smart ideas. Remember, finance is um, allocating capital to the economy. You're exposed to the whole economy. So <laughs> yeah. you get to hear about new ideas, new companies, you get to hear about financing countries and um, ways to improve boom bust cycles, which have real effects on people. Um, yeah. You get to talk to counterparts that are really exposed to importing oil versus exporting oil, farmers who are hedging their crop, you know, it's just it's it's everywhere. Um, Everybody uses money. Yeah, yeah. So to be able to have like, like to be able to shift to different exposures, speak to different people about how their businesses work, how their capital goes through their businesses and try to improve um, is always a challenge. And it's something I really enjoy about the field. That's cool. So after you had spent some time in the pits, I understand that you went back to school. And I'm curious what went into your decision to do that. So it was, it was a few things. First of all, um, I left the pits a, a few years after I started um, because I was eight months pregnant with my daughter. It was very physical to be in the pits. And frankly, um, you know, you're standing all day. There's a lot of people you're being shoved around. And it just it just became too much to do the job. Mm -hmm. So I left and I went back. Um, after I had my daughter, I went back to school and completed my undergrad. And what went into your decision to go back to school? Yeah, I mean this was very different. I mean, but today, I think a lot of people are trying to reorient their career or things are different than they would have, you know, the path that they were on before. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that's exactly what was happening. The path changed. And, you know, I loved working in the pits, but it wasn't going to work with my situation. Um, having a family, it's just it was really hard to balance that in those days. And yeah, so um, I was looking for something, something that had similarities, but was a little more easy for me to accomplish with the family. Then so coming out of school, what did you seek out to find that balance? What was sort of your next job? Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's a priority list. So number one priority, I had a young family. Well, I had a young daughter, um, me and Aaron, my husband, both going to have to, he was working. Um, so I picked the most family friendly firm I could find. So it was a company called Northern Trust. It's in Chicago. And they had the um, daycare right by the place where I was going to work. So it was perfect. So me and my daughter went to work together. And you know, if I was working late, she sat on my desk and drew pictures. And sometimes we had lunch together. So it was perfect. It was a good balance. That's really great. 
It's funny because it probably wasn't the job um, it, that I would have selected if I didn't have a family. Right. Um, but I'm thankful that I had that job at that time. It taught me a lot. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, that is one example of it. Do you feel like there were any other ways in which the family dynamic affected your career goals? I know you had a family pretty young. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely had an effect on my career. I'd say number one, I was incredibly motivated to move forward and move forward quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, I became a lot more focused. I, I, you know, I got a lot better at understanding what I wanted and, you know, kind of not sticking in a comfort zone, but moving yeah. forward, um, uh, even if I was uncomfortable. So I spent a lot of time in my career in new jobs, learning new things, even if it was at the same firm. Oh, cool. Yeah. In all of these roles that you were seeking out, how much of finance were you seeing? Were they very like disparate roles across many different avenues of, of within the finance industry? Or were you staying within more of a lane and then and then trying out different things within that lane? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm traditional, um, but I just went all over the place. So that's cool. The quick synopsis, um, I started in the pits, which was options on futures. Then I went into operations and then I went into fixed income trading and portfolio management. Then I moved to SEC lending, which is think of overnight um, funding markets. Cool. And then, um, I moved over to um, New York. I left Northern Trust and I had become incredibly interested in inflation. Oh, huh. How did you discover that you were interested in inflation? It's funny. I still have drinks um, actually weekly with my boss at the time who like saw me go through. I'm friends with a lot of people from my original time when I got in hooked on inflation and they're like, oh. You just got hooked. Like, you just wouldn't stop talking. It's like yeah. hooked on phonics, hooked on inflation. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, um, so what happened was um, there was a new market developing in the United States at the time. They were called inflation-linked bonds. They were issued by the Treasury, and the Treasury was starting to bring those out. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of weren't going anywhere. But they seemed like the perfect investment for the clients that I was allocating capital for at the time. So uh, many of the clients, um, their main objective was to maintain their wealth. And one of the most difficult things about maintaining wealth is inflation. Uh, we don't haven't seen it in the United States um, for a long time. But you know, it, 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 it has been something that could be really wealth affecting. So, you know, imagine if inflation was 20%, you would lose 20% of your purchasing power right. every year. Wow. So it's a different way of thinking about investing. Um, you know, the treasury was issuing. So um, I just couldn't understand why that market wasn't taking off. So I started researching it. On, I really felt like we should be investing in it. I spent a year researching this asset class. Wow. And when I say researching, I meant reading everything there was to know about it, but also contacting everybody in the industry who's attached to it. Um, if I saw someone on TV talking about it, I called them up. If there was someone who wrote a paper about it, I called them up. I got to know everybody in that field. I got to know everything about that. And I became a specialist in that particular asset class. Wow. So zooming out a little bit, yeah, you know, it sounds like you've tried so many different things, which is really fascinating, sort of always in pursuit of learning. Yeah. Was there a moment along the line earlier on or even later on 
where finance really clicked for you and you saw that long-term future or a career for yourself? Or was it sort of a day-by-day thing? It's interesting because to you, finance is one thing, but um, within finance, like, right. I mean, I never, I don't think I ever questioned, like, do I want to be doing finance versus other things? I felt like that was a world I wanted to be in. But what part of it was actually really difficult. Interesting. And, and for a different reason than you would think, like, it's not that I disliked what I did. I liked many of the roles I did. I just, you know, each role was missing something or, you know, I wanted something else within the role. I think if you think about it, the first 10 years, I probably was more involved in just picking up tools and learning. Yeah. And then the second 10 years, it was applying those tools and learning. So we spoke about the first 10 years. The second 10 years, I spent building new products um, managing strategies for clients, institutional clients. As a portfolio manager, I was a market maker in New York, as well as uh, a product manager in California on inflation products and commodities, and then back to Chicago and then now in Nashville. And you're still working on the product side, correct? I am working on the product side, yeah. Cool. Looking at the next 10 years, what are you most excited about sort of in the work that you do? Or what are you looking to seek out? Yeah, it's interesting, because, you know, having spent 20 some years, like there's a comfort Mm -hmm. in being like in these markets, you know, things that seem so foreign in the first, you know, few years are like, Oh, yeah, that's just how it works. You know, everything's acronyms. That's what I've learned. It doesn't matter the industry. Oh, they make up new ones all the time. But the beauty of a math based products is that the math doesn't change even if the words do. So you get real (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I stayed there. But um, I'd say one of the number one things that's really nice at this stage of my career is I've worked in so many different markets that you kind of get a feel for how they work amongst the different markets. Yeah. What's interesting today is just working with people coming into the market and being able to kind of share my experience with them and, you know, watch them learn these things. And honestly, you know, most of it's not that difficult. So just explain it in a way that makes sense. I think one of the most difficult parts of finance, just thinking back to my finance club days was you got a lot of people who want to look like they know what they're talking about, but don't. And it makes it really confusing. Yes. But um, I've had the opportunity to work with some amazing people in my career. And they're just, you know, some of these people are just crazy smart. And they made it so easy to understand. And I think the number one thing that I was benefited from was working with so many of these people who can explain these concepts in a way that it just stuck Mm -hmm. and learning best practices from them. Absolutely. I know finance can sometimes be a traditionally uh, male-dominant field. Do you see with these new entrants that there are more women joining the field, or do you still feel like it's male-dominant? Yeah. And also, how was your experience coming up? Did you feel like being a woman played a role in your career path at all or, or affected your opportunities? Yes. There was times where I was a woman and times that I was Ronit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was <laughs> difficult to navigate over the years. It's interesting. Today, I'm working with the most women I've ever worked with in my career in finance. So that's been a real treat. But early stages, I, I didn't have a lot of peers that were female at all. Um, so discussing family was, you know, I never put pictures of my daughter on my desk or anything like that. Mm-hmm. 
it was case by case. So there was definitely firms where I just never felt like I was a woman. I just was, you know, navigating a concept with the peers and coming at it with my own approach. And then there was other times where I really did feel like I was different and having a hard time communicating. Yeah. I don't have a perfect answer for how to make that work. Who does? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I found that it's easier to find a group that you can like feel a little more comfortable with um, than try to educate everybody on how to engage with you. Like sometimes it's just not a good fit. And I feel like it's also my job in my career to have found good fits because it's just a lot of work to try to tell everybody how to work with me. Right. But having said that, I feel like, you know, I definitely engage differently. And now working with more women, I see that it's not too unique. Unique. It's just that I wasn't around a lot of women. Yeah. But I engage differently. I mean, being in a male dominated field, I probably change the way I approached. I mean, I was definitely over the years coached on some of the things, whether it was the um, pitch of my voice maybe is not heard as, as well as others or mm -hmm. gravitas training or, you know, just trying to be able to be heard and be taken seriously. But I don't know how much of that is woman and how much of it is getting experience and being seen as experienced. It's hard to understand where that line is drawn. Yeah. What was really, I think, important for me, and it took too long, is being comfortable in my own skin and approaching in my own way. While I could really admire the style of people around me and wish that I could be like them, I can't. Mm -hmm. But I can be a really good version of me, and they might think that that's really cool, too. That's very interesting. And it sounds like you did surround yourself with a great group of people in terms of, of finding a group that you really love to work with and you know that you work well with. So that sounds like that's working well. You know, I, I joke, but I picked good bosses over my career. And um, I'm really proud of that because they've just been amazing educators and exposed me to so many cool career things. Yeah. So I like to sort of leave off every guest with the same question. Mm -hmm. And that is, do you think that people should be passionate about what they do for a living? So that's a hard question because that's, that's a high bar, passionate. My objective, um, my mantra throughout my career has been do things that you do well, do things you like, and do it with people who inspire you. Mm -hmm. And that might not be passion. If I find that I really don't like going into work, it's probably time to change. But I found that if I could do, if I could do those three things, I'm usually very happy at where I'm at. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I think is really important is focus on doing everything you do well. I think that's especially important when you're starting out in your career. I remember there was like little things that were small achievements that I felt like if I could just be excellent at what I did in those small things that really just don't matter in the grand scheme of things, but I did them well. I think it builds your character and the way people view you, which is just as important over time as well. Like if you're the best person at, I don't know, stapling two pieces of paper together. Yes. Yeah. Cold calling. I was a really good cold call. I hated cold calling. And I got satisfaction in being good at it, even if it wasn't something I was going to do for the rest of my career. Right. So the pursuit of excellence is actually incredibly fulfilling as well. Right. So a passion for that excellence almost. Yeah. In sort of whatever you pursue. Yeah. Well, I guess that's sort of all the 
time we have. But I'm curious, is there anything, you know, that you want to say you feel we didn't cover uh, an open gym at the end, if there's anything you want to mention before we leave the episode? Yeah, if I can leave the episode with one thing that I think has been very liberating throughout my career, it's been, you know, it's, it's okay to make bad decisions in your career. You can go in a direction and be like, Oh, that wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. But it's not failure. I feel like that like that's part of the process. And I think you really do have to kind of be comfortable going out there and trying things and being honest with yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you so, so much, truly, for being willing to record with me in one of these first episodes. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks very much to Ronit for joining me on this episode of Line of Work and chatting about her experiences in the finance industry and beyond. Thank you for listening to the episode. You can find more episodes just like this on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.